Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to the Deals Journey podcast. Once again, I am so grateful that you've come back to give it a listen. And today's podcast is going to be one that you'll be left feeling inspired and you'll also be conscious about how you um, act with the environment and the effects that you have. So today's guest is Dylan from Sip Instant Coffee. Um, Yes, it's the first uh, Dylan I've had on the Dill Journey podcast, so that was pretty cool. Um, A little background, um, Dill had a national marketing and sales for Chili Surfboards, started his own media company and started working with Zocco, who now has 280,000 followers and is Chris Hemsworth's personal trainer. So some really cool circles going on then. Um, the past year he's done a vegan diet and we talk about some of the endurance events he has done and also how he just won the GQ Innovative Award um, presented by Aldi uh, down in Sydney and the boys, the Sip Instant dream has been going on for about one and a half years and they're already starting to see some uh, success and recognition for it. So it's a super exciting journey, these guys, and I'm so stoked to have them on and can't wait to watch them grow. So without further ado, here's the podcast. Enjoy. Thanks for jumping on today, Dill. It's the uh, first time I've actually ever had someone the same Dill and Dill. Dill and Dill podcast today. How good is cool. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the way that I sort of like to start the podcast is by asking you, what is a weird little habit or something that you do you don't know if everyone else does? Weird little habit that's, that I do that nobody else does or that's... Or you don't really want to, you know? No, that's fine. I'm just trying to think. The first thing that comes to mind is I sleep with three pillows. Yeah, really? One on the head, I cuddle one, and then one in between the legs. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty weird, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty, yeah, that's probably the weirdest thing I do. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but, I like and that. it's a habit too. Like, I have to do it every night. So yeah, okay. just can't get comfortable anymore. No. Um, the three pillow. <laughs> the three pillow. The three pillow effect. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, so, mate, what were you like as a young little uh, kid? Like, let's say around year 11, year 12, what did you want to do? Is it, well, that's a, good, that's a really good question and something, you know, I've been interviewed quite a bit lately as the business is growing and that's not a question I've ever been answered. Oh, really? Ask, sorry. So that's a, it's a great question to start with. To be honest, when I was in year 11 and 12, I wouldn't say I was lost, but I just didn't really give a shit. Am I allowed yeah. to swear? Yeah, you're allowed okay, to swear. Cool. Swear, swear away. It's good. It makes um, it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's, there's so much pressure put on you when you're that age. And, um, you know, what are you going to do at university? What career are you going to take? Um, I'm 33 now. So I guess when I was in year 11 and 12, the tradition was going straight to uni. That's yeah. quite different now, I believe. Um, it's changing, but I still feel there's a lot of pressure on on um, on uh, young adults to kind of know what you want. And it didn't take me until my late twenties to really know what I wanted in life and where I was going. So, um, to answer your question, when I was in year eleven and twelve, I was just having a good time surfing. And yeah 
just yeah doing really whatever I wanted I lived I lived in I grew up in Byron Bay so um, I'd be at the beach be at parties with friends and just your traditional 18 year old rat bag 17 year old yeah. rat bag surfer bat surf yeah dude. surf rat yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it um, so you grew up in Byron that would have been a pretty like special place to grow up because I know I just like moved here a month ago and it's just like it's a crazy little place there's so much people coming in and out of the town yeah but there's only like a few, you know, people that actually live here, I guess. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a transient town and um, it's got a really nice energy about it most of the time. Some, you know, I've seen, I've been here since I was in kindergarten. So wow. um, I've definitely seen a lot of change. Most of it positive, you know, there's some negatives, but it's, I think with change, um, you just have to accept it. You can't ever change it. And for a while there, I felt like a lot of old school locals were, um negative and against the influx of tourists and you know people moving to the area and um, but i feel like that's shifted now and and it's it's got a quite it's quite nice now i really Mm. like i like living here. i've got a daughter she's almost two and i couldn't think of a better place to to grow let her grow up and and um yeah it's it was it was the best the best decision my mum made was was moving here to um for us kids and um yeah, I got to surf every day before, after school, run the streets. It was super safe, and yeah, it's been a been an epic spot to live. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um. So, what did you do after school? Like, did you go into uni? Did you go into the workforce? Like, what were you doing? So, uh, when I left school, I what did I do? <laughs> so long ago. Oh God, I'm so old. Um, good way to reflect. Yeah, it's a good good reflection moment. Um. So when I left school, I just got a job here and I saved up and I, I think I saved up for a year, yeah. saved up around $20,000 and um, went overseas and just mm-hmm. went traveling for a year, did the traditional gap year type thing. Yeah. Um, and it was great. I went through Europe. I went through Asia. I think I was about I was overseas for about 10 months all up. Wow. Worked in an orphanage in Asia uh, for two months, um, which was really cool. I went snowboarding in Canada, surfed in France. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a great trip. Um, and then when I came back, kind of got into a bit of a rut in Byron, got into the, um, you know, going out every weekend. And, and a really good friend of mine who's a little bit older than me kind of pulled me aside one day and, and told me I needed to essentially leave Byron and, and go give it a crack in the big smoke. So... Um, I really um, respected his opinion and and I, I took it on board and I left I think I left a week later and I moved to Sydney Wow! yeah I had a friend living down there and I just crashed at his house so I found a job and had enough money to pay for rent and got a job at Billabong um, in Manly in the Corso just as a salesperson on the floor and um, slowly my you know went from job to job and um kind of formed a career that way i never really went to you know kind of learnt on the job mm-hmm. yeah. yep. so it was all action for you just straight away like someone tells you a bit of feedback and then you sort of if you trust the person you uh, go straight in yeah i guess um I, if yeah well for, for that that one big decision i made I, I really really respected um what my mate had said he was older than me he 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 came from the surf industry. He was he had a really good job. He was an art director of a big surf company, um, so it was wise wise advice. And, and 
kind of knew it was something I probably should do. I kind of knew I was getting stuck in a bit of a rut. Yeah. Um, it's just super easy to do. It's fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun going out with your friends and chasing girls, chasing girls and having a good time. And mm. it's it's a lot of fun. Surfing every day, no worries in the world. Mum still lived here, you know, yeah. and you have to count on her. But I guess it got to a point where I was like, okay, well, yeah, I need to do something. Yeah. And that's when I moved to yeah moved to Sydney and 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 I knew I wanted I, I was surfed my whole life so I knew I wanted to be in the surf industry mm. um, so I started at the bottom and, and um, worked my way through till I yeah I just wanted to keep going and ended up um, national marketing sales manager at Chile Surfboards oh yeah yep and um, and then eventually got offered a job back in Byron for Skull Candy the headphones yeah yeah and then Skullcandy. so that's that's how I ended up coming back to Skull Candy wow. I went to Byron to work for Skull Candy yeah um, and I was there for a few years and yeah, and then I started my own design agency and met Luke, my business partner, and built his website by that stage. And I was, by that stage, I was yeah, designing and um, doing branding and marketing for, for various clients. And he approached me, and, um, and so he had a he had a, um, a online ebook that he wanted to do and release. He was, this was kind of when he was still quite small. He's, um, social media small, I mean, like probably had around 5,000 followers or something. He's got... 280 now yeah um um and so we yeah we started off working together um on his projects off our body pro and then we became super close mates and and then that's how sip sip formed over probably about three or four years yeah wow. yeah and um you, you started speaking a little bit about it but um sip like where'd that come from like you know, there's there's a lot of coffee out there, but yeah. I guess what sets you apart from everyone else is that it's you sip. You know, it's just it's pretty instant coffee. Yeah, it's inst- it's and that's the thing. Our goal with sip is to change the way people think about coffee. Generally, instant coffee is a um, is thought of as a negative connotation, and you know we wanted to we wanted to change that. Um, Zoki came back from a trip. So, for those of you who don't know, Luke Zoki, my business partner, is um, Chris Hemsworth's personal trainer. So he just travels with with Chris anywhere he goes. So if Chris is you know on a, sh- a, a film shoot in LA, he's in LA with him. If he's in a film shoot in India, they've been to you know India all through Europe. So he just travels with him and makes sure he stays fit and keeps him in. Um, keeps him in shape for whatever role it is if it's you know for heart of the sea he had to dehydrate him and make him super skinny wow. for thor he obviously had to make him really big but <clears throat> on their journeys um zok found it hard to find a good cup of coffee if you're in a new if you're in a new city you don't know where the, the go-to spot is for for the for a cup of coffee for a good cup for a good cup of coffee um, you don't know what's expensive. You're in different places. You know, currencies are different. Zoc was paying fifteen dollars a cup in Hong Kong, and he didn't realize yeah. it because he had he couldn't figure out the conversion rate. Yeah, well. Um, so he came back from a trip from um, LA one year and just said, "Let's why don't we? You know, they do crappy coffee over there, drip coffee. It's coffee you know, shit over yeah, there. Yeah. So they um so we kind of set about. By that stage, we knew we wanted to... There was never a moment where he said... We both said, let's start a business together. But we just kind of just had that. We just knew it, that it was going to happen at some point. So um, we set about over about 12 to 18 months um, 
trying to come up with a product that was completely different, um, had to be user-friendly, had to be sustainable, had to be super healthy. You know, Zoc's super passionate about health. I'm super passionate about sustainability. Um, so, you know, the sustainable side of our product is that it's completely plastic-free. We've, we sourced a, um, a home compostable packaging um, that was sealable and could hold uh, powdered coffee. Um, and then we donate a dollar from every bag we sell to Wild Ark, which is a not-for-profit organization um, that secures land for biodiversity globally. So they have 88,000 acres in uh, Alaska for the grizzly bears. Wow. And they have uh, 44,000 acres in South Africa for the wildlife over there. They've got uh, 50,000 acres in West Papua um, to stop. Uh, it's like ancient forest and they're stopping... Um, gold mining over there yeah um so for us that's how we could see we could make a change in health from a sustainable point of view um then from a health point we thought what can we do to make our product more than just a cup of coffee in the morning everyone drinks coffee in the morning so how can we we make it better and, and add to it and save time and save money on people for people so we added a heat we added a heat resistant probiotic which actually doesn't activate until it hits the enzymes in your gut so you're getting the full effect of the um of the probiotics we added um uh organic grains which is a complex carbohydrate uh for a slow slow release energy burn so it keeps you full longer and it also gives you more energy throughout the day so you're not kind of craving a snack or um mm. and uh, you can you've got more energy through the day yeah. And then we added the coconut creamer um, to make it vegan friendly um, and, and user friendly. So, you know, all you need is boiling water and you just two tablespoons into a cup and you can be anywhere, literally anywhere on the planet. If you if you can get hot, you don't even need hot water, but, you know, generally that's what coffee's, how coffee's drank. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can have an iced coffee too, but mm. if you can get water, um, then you can add our products. So. Yeah, which is pretty Camping, amazing. Traveling, yeah, it's great for, you know, we, we do a lot of hiking and um, as you would know, we've um, done some pretty cool adventures together now. Yeah. Uh, we, we did the um, Red Bull Red Bull Defiance, which was, I'm sure everyone's heard, which was a nightmare, but it was epic. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just an easy product. You, you, don't, you don't need a, a, um, anything else but water. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like what, sort of inspired you to i guess start this because i know like you're big on sustainability and um like making sure i guess the planet you started in left in a better place yeah um yeah where did that inspiration come from uh i guess the inspiration for all my my passion for sustainability and um conservancy comes from my mum and my dad um and i guess that was instilled in me in a young age um you know, I remember being at um, logging protests when I was a toddler. Like, oh, yeah. I've got like, vague memories of being like deep in the in the in the rainforest, and um, these you know these protests that were happening to stop um, uh, you know, logging. And um, and my dad, yeah, my dad was one of the key protesters um, to stop the Franklin Dam in in um, Tassie. Um, so I guess it's kind of been it's just it's in my blood yeah. um and then i i don't know i guess as you grow you start to become aware of your surroundings when i was 17 18 i didn't really 
it's not that I didn't think about it, but I just didn't care about anything except myself and surfing and having a good time. Uh, yeah. But as you as you grow older, you start to realize the um, fragility of, of the planet and um, and even yourself. So you start to change the way you um you um you view things. And, and then yeah, I've also had a daughter as well. So um, that's pretty critical to me to make sure that we leave this planet. Um, and I do the best I can to make her proud and, and to leave a planet that's user-friendly for her and for the generations to come. Yeah. Um, you know, we've just got to stop fucking it up, basically, and, yeah. and, and change our ways. And, and there's a really good movement happening now, which I think is kind of cottoning on. Yeah, which so. is super fascinating, because I think, like, I guess, I don't know what your thoughts on it, but the power of, like, social media in that sense, like, yeah. there's a real positive light to that, um, bringing awareness. Like, I know there's... There's some campaign, I think it's in Hawaii or I think it's maybe Tahiti and they've got like Alexis Ren. I'm not sure oh. if you saw that video. No, I haven't seen it. And anyway, people shared it and I think it got over like 10 million views. Oh, wow. And it, the account literally started like two months ago. Wow. A month ago. That's that, incredible. That just shows like the power of people within like that social media sphere. And I think like they raised a lot of money. I'm not too sure the exact That's number. Incredible. That's so cool to hear. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible thing, even, you know, starting a business and just this morning and we had a, a order come through from Romania. Wow. Uh, and for me, that was like, this is cool. how does someone in Romania know about, you know, my baby is my product. Yeah. Um, I'll put my heart and soul into this thing. How does someone in, you know, like on the other side of the planet even know about us? So, so and it's the power of social media. Mm. Um uh yeah it's it's a it's a really good thing it's it's given us a voice to to talk about sustainability yeah um and that's just a a, a fantastic byproduct of having a, a, a product you know we can talk about whatever we want mm. and you know we want to we want to help in the ways we can so that's just one of them and social media is is definitely changing the way um people can have a voice which is cool yeah um which is cool and negative at the same time yeah. because yeah. Uh, is it's it, to me it's a double-edged sword because it's got such a positive can have such a positive impact but it also has that negative side to it too mm. so it's i guess it's about keeping but you know having balance in your life and yeah not taking it too seriously and and um and kind of coming together as much as we can and not i don't know there's this massive thing now where it's like you need to be on the left or the right you need to be pro pro you know climate change or or you're you're against climate change or you're mm. um you know left-winged political you know your views are left-winged or you're right-winged and there's and i feel like that's happened because of social media you have to jump on one side or the other there's never yeah. this this middle bit which i think we really need to start um delving into and kind of having conversations with people that don't necessarily agree with what you've got to say what you've got to say yeah you know and it's hard and that's hard Mm. but um yeah i think that's really interesting because like it's funny how um people can have like different opinions and then just not want to speak to each other but if like you all connected and you realize that you, hey you're the exact same type of person you've just like been you've got different beliefs type thing but we're all like wanting you know a sense of belonging and purpose like 100 percent um i had a good conversation with a friend of mine over the weekend and we kind of a new friend and well you know when you new friends you kind of learning about each other and yeah um and we realized uh 
we didn't believe in the same things. Um, yeah. Not that he was a climate denier, but he necessarily didn't believe the rhetoric that was being, was being told. And I guess he was a bit skeptical on everything that's said, which is 100% fair. Mm. But at the beginning, I was it was kind of confronting to me because um, everyone that you generally surround yourself with have the same beliefs, yeah. especially in Byron Bay. And um, it's very easy to have confirmation bias when you surround yourself with the same similar-minded people. And mm. um, But what we got to at the end of this conversation was we both wanted the same thing. We both wanted happy, healthy lives, happy, healthy lives for our family. We wanted a healthy planet and a sense of belonging and for everyone to be safe and happy in the world. We didn't want any harm for anyone. And mm. that was the core of what we both were trying to get to, but we just were trying to get to it in a different way. Yeah. Um, it was really cool to get to that bit, a bit of an epiphany because we realized that, hey, we, we're the same. And I think mm. that's what needs to happen with a, um, you know, a lot of the social media is not going so extreme on, on you know, one end. Yeah. And just kind of coming to a bit of a happy medium and realizing that no one's okay there's a couple of people that are probably super nasty but yeah. generally people just want the same thing so 100 percent. yeah and then you got that like whole thing with the the game changes have you seen that <laughs> yeah so i'm vegan yeah um i don't I'm not a, I'm, i don't preach being vegan um i don't even like the word vegan because it's got such a negative it's connotation it's quite a violent word when you really yeah, say yeah exactly <laughs> and 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 it's almost I'm like putting a label to it as well. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I and I, I don't want to be labelled a vegan because um, there's such a negative connotation towards that mm. word from from people that are so passionate about being vegan that they'll you know shut down a city, they'll throw blood on people, and um, you know these these protest tactics that essentially just put people offside. So it's mm. not. I don't think that's the way forward for any idea or or belief um i think it's about having um yeah constructive conversations around around it um and there's some fantastic um, rebuttals against being vegan that you know they that we use more land for soy and all these things and it's mm. you know I'm, I'm no expert on it what what's the best thing for the planet um so yes yeah, i think it's just about coming together and and being okay, it's okay that I'm vegan, and it's okay if someone. Are you, wait, are you vegan or are you? I'm like vegetarian, Vegeta, like I'm borderline yeah. vegan. I'm that's, just trying that's, to get you know, there. That's cool. You don't, you know, yeah. whatever, wherever you are in your life, that's that's cool. So, mm. um, I think it's when you put someone down for not believing in what you believe in is when yeah. you just put them off, and yeah, it's um, yeah, the game changes once blowing up at the moment. I'm yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. I think it's like you just got to have an open mind and try what and what feels good for you exactly yeah not everyone you know not everyone's happy or, or feels healthy being vegan and mm. that's fine i've been vegan since the start of the year so what are we what are we in we're in december now so yeah. almost a full year yeah i went vegan on first of january yeah um and it's been great for me since since then we've done um i've yeah. been the fittest i've ever been i've done a 150k endurance race with deal yeah. uh, we did rebel defiance um, and then straight after that, not straight after, eight, eight weeks after that, I did a 54K ultra marathon. Um, we raised $10,000 for wires. 
um, in Byron Bay, is around the lighthouse, and um, I've just committed to my next ultra marathon as well in March. So. Oh, where where are you, where are you doing? It's this one's really cool. It's for the Bob Brown Foundation in um, right. west on the west coast of Tasmania, sixty five k, um, ultra through the Tarkine Rainforest, which is under threat from logging. Wow. So for me again, um, Bob Brown was the um, was the leader of the. Um, of the Franklin Dam movement, uh, which yeah. my dad was a part of, so this is a bit of a full circle. Um, going down there and, and and running this race and raising money um, and, and awareness for for the Bob Brown Foundation. So Amazing! I did not know anything about that. So it's super, yeah, yeah. super critical um, part of the world, and it is old growth ancient rainforest which is under threat from um, from logging. And um, yeah, I just want to go help as much as I can and, and do my bit. And yeah. I love running and, and being fit. So this is a good good way to kind of combine a few of the things I love. So, mm. Yeah. And like, how did all this like endurance stuff come to you? Like, <laughs> did, did it, was it always you as a person? Because I know like when I start getting into these endurance events, it's like you find out a lot about yourself. So it takes you to a deep, dark place. Yeah. If, you've never, if you've never run a, a long distance or done an endurance race, or if you have, you're probably laughing right now. Going, I know what they're talking about. Mm. Um, but no, nah, so I, I guess it's kind of in my blood as well. My uncle, um, who sadly passed away a few years ago, was a ultramarathon runner. Yeah. And I didn't care about it. Didn't was never into it. And it wasn't until this year when I started training for... Um, for the Red Bull Defiance race, mm-hmm. that I started to really get into running, and and um, and now it's just yeah, it hasn't I don't want to say it's taken over because my love for the ocean and the surf is still really really strong in there, mm-hmm. but um, there's nothing like just getting lacing your shoes up and, and going for a trot. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it's 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 a love hate relationship. <laughs> that's for sure. 100%. You, you definitely, like, the first 7Ks always hurts, but then you hit that little running high and then you're just yep. like, it's all good from now on. Until until the last 7Ks. Yeah, <laughs> I still remember that last 7Ks of the Red Bulls flying, so I was in a world of pain. So that, that last 7Ks, I could have kept going. Yeah, I, really? I felt, I don't know why, the first day for me was, the first day we did 23 or 11K uh, whitewater raft, a 23k run, and a 54k ride. Then what was day two? It was a 25k ride, 18k kayak, yep. 10k run, 5k kayak, 7k run. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. I guess maybe I was just so excited to finish that I just had so much energy and I, my body felt good. I could have kept running. Yeah, wow. Um, but yeah. So I just got lucky at that point. <laughs> yeah, and you finished it. Yeah. Oh, that was insane. But yeah, that was awesome. Um, so, like, leading on to the last segment, it's all things like sort of personal development, like what you do sort of every day to make sure that, you know, you perform to the level that you want to perform to. Obviously, running your own business, you, yeah. you're your own boss. So, you know, you, you can't, you can decide to not show up on the day, but then, like, you know, it's going to affect tomorrow's outcome, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess when it's your own business, if you find something that you're passionate about, that'll never happen. Yeah. Um, because you're just so hungry and you're so passionate about mm. whatever you're doing. So for me, I'm you know this is my baby, um, and uh, I really enjoy working um, 
and building the brand and the business. I love talking to our customers. Um, I just, I love everything about it. So yeah. it's, it's for me, that part of it's easy because it's mine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, perhaps someone listening doesn't own their own business and they're kind of on their stepping stone. They're a young entrepreneur that, you know, wants to, to get there. So mm. some good self-care habits for me is exercise is key. Yeah. Um, and surrounding yourself with some mentors, some people that are a little bit older um, that have been through it before um, that you can always turn to is fantastic and really motivating. Um, you can always go to them and, and hear their stories. It could be oh, you know, an uncle, it could be your father's best friend, it could be anybody, you know, someone you've just met randomly. Um, but if you find someone that has really good energy and um, is successful in whatever they're doing, um, just reach out to them and ask to have a coffee once a month or once a week or whatever it is. Uh, just talk business and, and um, so surrounding yourself with like-minded people and mentors is, is a really good one to, and it'll keep you motivated. Oh, 100%. Um, if you surround yourself with um, people that are going out drinking on the weekends, that's the level, that's your level of achievement. How many drinks can I have on, the, on a Friday night, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you surround yourself with people that are motivating and are fit and healthy and want to do good in life, then that's what you're going to, it's going to rub off. So yeah. um, exercise and surround yourself with the right people is, is the keys, I think. Yeah, 100%. You're a byproduct of the five people you hang around, isn't that? Yeah. The, the quote or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, so you're speaking a lot about mentors. Who are like some mentors for you that sort of help you in that business field? Yeah, I've got, a, um, I've got a really good business mentor. He's actually the founder of Wild Ark. So, oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah. he lives in Byron and um, his name's Mark and um, he is just turned 40. So I'm 33, he's you know seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, he has had a super successful business career and, um, and now he is, a, I can't say this word, philanthropist. I can't say it either. Phil, Phil, I can't, yeah, anyway, I kind of just said it. I hope you get what I'm talking about. I'll insert Um, someone else saying it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, any, he's he's been through the traps. He's got a master's, he's got a master's um, in uh, business degree from France. He's run massive businesses. He's he's got world experience um, and he's, 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 he's seen businesses from the beginning to the end where you know the buy someone buying them uh, you know bigger companies buying buying them out um he's super passionate about sustainability so we've you know we're very like-minded we train together all the time and um um, so for him for me uh, mark is is just a go-to every day if i've got a problem i'll i'll call him and what do you do here? Like, and, and being a new, I'm, I'm only new to business essentially. So there's every day is a learning curve for me and mm. I'm always learning and, and evolving. Um, so it's great to have someone to just be able to call and, and lean on. Yeah. 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 Almost like that father figure yeah. in the business world. Yeah. yeah so exactly. the wild arc, is that like, um, sort of a social business? Like as, it's hundred percent not for profit. Yeah. Okay. And um, he started it with his wife, and and it started off as a um, a um, their land that they had in South Africa, and then they've just grown on it from there. And um, they yeah they're starting to get fun. They you can donate to Wild Ark, so wildark.org, mm-hmm. um, to help them out. And they they've got 
think they've got about seven staff now that are fully funded. Um, and they, um, yeah, their goal is to secure. Um, so there's, they've scientifically proven that there are 100 animals on this planet that are cute and cuddly. Well, not cute and cuddly, but marketable to humans. You know, you've got the the tigers, the lions, grizzly bears, people, you know, animals that koalas, koalas yeah. people think is cool and they, they're drawn to elephants, um, giraffes, giraffes, whatever it is, um, sloth, um, zebras, zebras, um, um, Anacondas. So, and not so much, oh, not maybe, I don't know, I don't know if they're endangered. Yeah. But anyway, so what they've found out is if you um, secure land, for these hundred animals, you end up securing land for eighty nine point nine percent of the world's biodiversity, work from where these animals are based on the planet. Yeah, wow. So if you save land for the grizzly bear in Alaska, you're not only saving the land for the grizzly bear, you're saving it for the brown swallowed finch, and the egret, and you know these these animals that might be endangered that no one really cares about because it's just a you know, just another finch, but it's mm. got plays a critical role in the ecosystem in that area. Yeah. Um, so that's their goal is to secure land for these hundred animals. So they're essentially like finding land and then basically it making out, yeah. it preserved. Yeah, like correct. no one can touch it yeah. and they yeah. can't build any yeah. sort of infrastructure on it. Correct. So they yeah. work with the local, obviously there's, there's a lot of places that are wild um, and, and remote and they will work with the local um, tribes people there and teach them because a lot of the places that 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 are, that are critically endangered that have critically endangered animals are susceptible to mining uh, logging um, and and there's you know tribes there that might own the land essentially mm. um, that a logging company can go and give them a pittance for um, but to the tribes people it might be a, real, a lot of money for them but it's only going to last them maybe one generation so this one generation sees all this wealth mm. and then that money dries up and the logging company's got the land and, and the land's ruined so they also go in and, and, and take a holistic approach to it so they they work with the tribes people or the you know the local communities yeah, wow. and give them tools to um for ecotourism so they can sustain um a viable financial future for their for their um, community instead of just taking you know the, the short quick trip out of there um, so it's super cool and I'm really passionate about it and um, it's great to work with such a such a good um, bunch of people you know that are trying to save this planet yeah that's like that's it's almost like a similar concept to what you were just talking about how you you meet with the locals you almost like instead of them um, killing animals, you replace their job with something else. Correct. If that's what um, yeah. my friends are doing in Indonesia at the moment. They're creating this. Have you ever heard of the Shark, shark Girl Madison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mate, he does, he's created this, um, I forgot what it's called, my mind's called blank. But anyway, they go to Indonesia and they actually, because there's a full island of them, I forgot what the island's called, but the main source of income for a lot of people there is like fishing the sharks. So yep. they've like replaced that job with um, killing the sharks um, to, I think what it was, was uh, might've been 
surf trips or something along those eco-tourism. lines. Ecotourism. Yeah, ecotourism, yep. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And they're having like huge success with it. That's like, fantastic. And that's like, that's that, that stuff like motivates me. Like It's such a, it's, it's a, when you're doing something that, that makes you feel good inside, it, mm. it is motivating. And um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's great to see so many people out there trying to do good for the world. And mm. hopefully we can get to a point where, you know, we don't completely stuff it up and, and, um, and uh yeah it's it, we can change the reverse the um the things that we're doing to it now so yeah 100 yeah. um well that was a good little chat about that <laughs> what do you do in like a morning like let's say you know you get up do you have a certain like does it vary yeah. having like a two-year-old baby now yeah so generally a morning it starts around five um yeah. when she wakes up and um depending on what mornings like so um Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. I go train at Hutch's Mark's house. Yeah, he's got a gym there, so there's a couple of us like-minded people. We get up and we train. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, my pa- my Le- my, Le- my Lisa, my partner Lisa, <laughs> she gets up and she goes and trains and goes to work. So I have my daughter um, those mornings. Yeah. And those mornings I just get up with her and have a coffee. We might go to the beach, have a sip. So I'll put the kettle on, <laughs> a little plug there. Um, but that's that's the that's the best thing about the product. I don't need to go to the coffee shop at five a.m. in the morning to get my coffee that I like. Yeah. I just get up in the morning, have my daughter on my hip, and I can literally make my coffee in the morning with my daughter on my hip, and we'll watch cartoons or watch Sesame Street with her. And how yeah, good? Um, it's epic. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, not Sesame Street, just hanging out with my daughter. <laughs> Sesame Street's alright too. Though. Yeah. Um. I hate the wiggles though. That's the that's the one that. Oh gets really? Me. Yeah. I used to love the wiggles. Oh, well, she does, and I can't stand it. Um, I mean, but, I could watch it now, but yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, my my morning generally is just either training or being with my daughter. And, yeah. Um, the things I love or surfing. If the surf's really good, mm. the surf always takes precedent over training. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll surf then. But um, yeah, just hanging with my daughters keeps me motivated and keeps me feeling young and mm. it's epic yeah yeah youthful yeah get the creative ideas oh, going she's it's so uh, it, and I'm, I'm probably talking to a younger demographic that don't have kids but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i like it's just it's the best having a daughter and, and it, it keeps you motivated to do good and be a better person and yeah um, make her proud you know she's too young to, to know what i'm doing yet but mm. you know i'm trying to build a legacy that she'll be proud of yeah amazing yeah. and I completely forgot about it, but you, how long's the company been going for? Is it like a year and a half, I think? Or yeah, about eighteen, about eighteen months. Yeah, and um, I just saw like would have been about was it two weeks ago? You you won a big award at the, is it the yeah awards? yeah. So we won. Um, we were nominated. We were shortlisted. Um, for the um, GQ, it's it's part of the GQ Man of the Year awards. Um, held in Sydney. And um, it was a, it's a special award called the, it's the it's sponsored by Audi. It's the Audi Innovation Award for business. Um, so it, we were shortlisted as an innovative business in our um, respective field, mm. and um, and yeah, we we won, which was incredibly Amazing. humbling and super. You know, it's a super proud moment for Luke and I um, to get up and um, accept the award in front of. 500 people and yeah the um, julie bishop um uh 
um, gave us the award and wow. the Audi CEO was there and um, had a great speech for us. And um, yeah, it was a bit of a surreal moment because yeah, I guess we're still quite young in, in sense of a, yeah, in like business terms. Mm. Um, so to be recognized at something like that was um, was pretty special and, and yeah, and surreal. So it was cool. Yeah, did he give you an Audi? <laughs> I'm working on it. I love Audi. If you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> the CEO's got to hit him up. <laughs> no, but it was cool. I got to I got to have a really good conversation with um with with um Paul after afterwards, and mm. um, such a great guy. He's the CEO of Audi or the managing director of Audi um, Australia. Yeah, wow. Um, and he was super passionate about sustainability. And Isn't that fascinating? It's cool. He it was a British guy, and um, he was this, he was managing director of um, Audi South Africa before he moved here, and he's been mm. here for three years um, working for Audi, and um, and we we spoke all things um, environment and sustainability and, and what Audi are doing um, as a company, which was really cool. He was really passionate about it, and you know electric cars as being the future, and um, they have. Um, they have built a carbon neutral factory in Germany. Wow! To build their build their cars. So to hear stuff like that from from someone so high up was it's just great. Um, it's it was really motivating and rewarding to hear that. I think we're you know we're on we're on a good path. It's funny how like you you'd never hear that in the news. Like you'd never like it hear that. Doesn't make it's not clickbait. Doesn't no. make the news. People unfortunately, people want to hear about people getting shot, stabbed, murdered. You know, it's good. Good news stories don't really cut it these days. You know, drama, sensationalized drama, um, whatever the Kardashians doing. Yeah, <laughs> pictures of bums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's everywhere. So, yeah. but that's that's like another like super fascinating way you take the chat. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so I guess like from the outside, what's it like working with um. His name's Zocchi. Luke Zocchi. Um, yeah, no, he's really good. He's he's he is. Um, he looks like a ball of energy. He, yeah, he is. He's the fun one out of the two of us on the, <laughs> on the serious one. Um, so we were working together on his project Zocco Body Pro probably two or three years before Sip came about. Wow. And then I kind of turned turned into a bit of a manager. I, did, I deal with all his kind of collaboration and endorsement deals, and, and I still do that today. Yeah, it's fun. We get to go traveling together, and um, we get to go do stuff. Um, and it's a perfect little product to bring along the way. Exactly. Yeah, but he yeah he's he's great. He doesn't necessarily have a hands on role in the day on a day to day sense in SIP um, because he's just too busy with Chris and mm. they're traveling. You know that just this last month I've been LA, New York, Dubai, London, um, wow. Dubai again. Um, yeah, it's, it's nuts. So the, their schedule is, is incredibly busy. Um, so yeah, he, he's just kind of not necessarily the face, um, but you know, it's kind of that front end kind of side of it. And, and, the connections he has has helped us a really long way and they're invaluable to have. So yeah. we work in, we, I guess if you're getting into business with someone, be it a mate, um, make sure you know what um, your expectations are before you get into it. So have, you know, have mm. that conversation before you start a business um, and know what each of you will do. And Luke doesn't really do much on a day-to-day business, day-to-day in the business and that's fine because I knew that before we got into into it together 
if it was a case of we spoke about it and it was supposed to be 50-50 and we're both mm. going to you know, do the heavy lifting, then there would have been issues. But um, yeah, make sure your relationships with your business partners are tight before you, before you do anything or sign any papers. So, I really love that because like um, on the business <coughs> standpoint, like I've started businesses with my mates and you, there's that always like that feeling where you, you're like, yeah, we'll both do the exact same amount of work and then you know Impossible. someone's just doing less and yeah. it's just like that. You, you don't want to say it and your mates and it's just like, it's a shit, shit situation. Yeah. But I think it all comes down to, like you said, communication. Communication is key. Luckily for Luke and I, I just knew I knew he was never going to be around, and and um and he was he you know we just we worked it out at the beginning mm. what we were going to do and um he's he's super valuable to the business in uh, in a business sense you know he's got two hundred and eighty thousand followers I think it might be more now you know he trains Chris um, he's with Chris all the time we Chris has done posts for us Liam's done posts for us. Um, so, you know, the connections that he brings as well are invaluable in that sense. So, um, and he, he's, he's such a charismatic, fun um, ball of energy um, that, you know, when he's out in, in these, he's on movie sets and stuff, he's always talking to people. So you never know what connections he's, he can bring to the exactly. table. Exactly. And then people are just like, how do you get all this energy? And then boom. Yeah. So he's almost exactly. like a, he's almost like a sales in a way he he kind of is essentially but um a full-time sales role the amount of people he's meeting yeah yeah and he's always talking about sip and stuff like that um um yeah he's yeah he's just always at something cool with talking to cool people so he's always Mm. kind of dropping it and getting it in people you know the right people's hands so he'll he'll send me a text uh who did send me a text this brazilian couple um last week and he's like here's the address send us some coffee she's got 21 million followers wow and i'm you know it's a brazilian superstar that you've never heard of because she's in brazil and like she's famous in brazil yeah so you know things like that are just invaluable so yeah amazing um well mate that was an awesome chat that that, uh ripped in i think it was about an hour let me go for 45 minutes 45 minutes it went like that short and sweet um mate if there was one last thing if you were to go back one day in your life um, and just, I guess, enjoy the moment a bit more, you, you might not be in that like present at the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what day would it be and why? Oh, that's really putting me on the spot right I now. Know. <laughs> um, Making you think. Oh, I don't know, to be honest. Any, just any day with my daughter would yeah. be. Any day, I guess when, as she's older... It would be any day with my daughter today, mm. like you know, at this age, because it's she's just so pure and seeing the world in a new light, and it kind of helps you see the world in a new light. So some days when you're with her, or when I'm with her, I might have something going on with work, busy. You know, sometimes I've, I run our social media, so I'm always on my phone, which sucks, but it's mm. a necessity as well. So. I'm going to change it, my answer a little bit and say I'd be coming back to today or tomorrow and yeah. hanging with my daughter with nothing um, around because, um, yeah, it's precious to see her grow and, and to be a part of someone's um, growth. And, 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 mm. that, and to me, that's how I get some of my inspiration. So, yeah. 
Yeah, when I'm 50, I'll come back to 33. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's like having two babies. Like, yeah, this one, yeah, exactly. This it's, it's been a lot of fun the last couple. Yeah. Well, we, so my daughter's, my daughter's 20 months and Sip is 18 months. So we, wow. I had, well, my partner had my daughter. Eight weeks later, we launched Sip and it has been Jeez, that would have been a hectic time. Still hectic. Yeah. But it's good. I love it. I wouldn't change it. And, and then throw in the endurance races we've yeah. done and... Um, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty crazy yeah two years. I guess that just comes to, back down to that old saying: "There's never going to be a perfect time to start." Just get in and rip in and have a, have a dig. I, the only thing I last piece of advice I will um, leave you with is: you're never too young to start something. And I wish I had a bit of entrepreneurial or bit of hustle about me when I was younger. Mm. I can see the new deal. You've you've kind of picked it up early. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Um, I wish I'd kind of stopped and 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 thought about that a little bit more when I was I was younger. You can do anything. Um, mm. and you, there's nothing holding you back when you're 20 or 19 or 21. Um, don't think oh I'm not old enough to do it yet. Just give it a crack. It might fail, but it's always going to be a learning curve, and there's a good chance it won't fail if you you put the right procedures in place and you're inspired by what you're doing 100 percent. like that's it's funny you say that like literally <clears throat> would have been about seven months ago when i started the podcast uh it's funny i asked that question in my head i was like who's me to start a podcast like right, yeah why would i start a podcast like my mom's just like i told my mom and she was just like who's gonna listen to you type who thing. cares it- and then it's funny like how you look at how much you evolved and you're like you can't even believe you're having those thoughts. Yeah. So it just all just comes down from yeah. going straight in the deep end. And yeah. I think like the, the first three episodes didn't even go live, but that's just me. Like I go full in yeah. and I learn on the job. A lot yeah. of people might be a bit more strategic and smart at the way they do it, but yeah. I sort of learn and evolve that. So there's like different ways of going about it. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I'm like you, I learned on the job. I kind of mm. wanted to um, get into the surf industry and I just kept... You know, putting my hand when I, I got when I got my job at Chile, I put my hand. I was just the warehouse kid. I was sweeping floors and packing packing orders. Yeah. And then I'd hear the you know managers or the boss talking, and I'd be like, "Oh, can I help do that?" And yeah. All of a sudden, I'm you know getting little bits of jobs, and they could see I was hungry, and that's mm. all it took. Um. So yeah, you're never too young to to give it a crack. Just just give it. Don't listen to the doubters and. And just send it basically. <laughs> oh, 100%. And I think that's another thing is like, um, it's funny when you get out into like the real world from a schooling aspect that everyone actually wants to help you. Yeah. Like people want to, like people who are doing their own thing and that are winning in yeah. like their little aspect of definition of success, whatever yeah. it may be, they want to help you because they know the feeling of like feeling good, like doing what you love every single day. Yeah. And they know the feeling of like, being lost i guess yeah and exactly they, they want more people like doing what they love because yep. at the end of the day as corny as it sounds it'd be a better world exactly 100 percent. and um yeah it's you you hit the nail on the head there it's just yeah so. mate great way to end the podcast cool. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks for jumping on cheers